Miller and Daughter Mortuary is a proud sponsor of this afternoon's radio broadcast presented by Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church, pastored by Fred Jeff Smith. Please enjoy and be blessed by today's message. King, worthy is the Lamb, you are the Holy One, you are the Holy One.
from the subject developing a spiritual diet developing a spiritual diet many of you know because I put it on Facebook for you to know that I've embarked on a new fitness program designed to help me gracefully enter the next phase of my life my friend, Brother Rudy Macklin, the Director of Minority Health for the State of Louisiana and a veteran member of this church, approached me a few months ago and offered his services to assist me in regaining my health. For the last several weeks, I've been going to the gym with Rudy at 5.30 every morning. And he's been helping me with calisthenics and cardio training. I don't like that elliptical machine. And weight lifting. But before we did any of that, Rudy had a heart-to-heart -heart conversation with me about diet. He told me that for this exercise training to have any lasting impact, I have to regulate the food that I put into my body. Dr. Courtney Luster, another excellent member of our church, is a nurse practitioner and she is my doctor. I've tasked her with the responsibility of helping me to maintain my blood pressure and my diabetes. And she has prescribed appropriate medication for me. But whenever I see her for my appointment, she slips in a word about diet. 
about food intake. She reminds me that the key to my continued health is to regulate my diet. Sister Clarice Minor, who has known me all of my life, doesn't concern herself with subtlety or diplomacy. She simply tells me at least once a week, I'm looking at you, and you need to eat a salad. It's her motherly way of telling me that I need to be more serious about my diet. These are not the only ones. I'm blessed to be surrounded by people from my wife to my colleagues to several members of this church family who are looking out for my best interest and are trying to help me monitor my diet. And I'm grateful to each of you for your concern. Believe it or not, I'm taking your advice. And I'm starting to see a change in my body and in my health. It's not a radical change, but it's an incremental improvement. And I intend to continue. Well, this message today is not about physical diet, but it's about developing a proper spiritual diet. As important as physical diet is to physical health, an important approach to good spiritual health is to regulate our spiritual diet. Now, I may not know a lot about physical diet, but I can coach you with regard to developing a good spiritual diet. Consider our text today. It takes place after an encounter Jesus had with a Samaritan woman at Jacob's well. Before the encounter, Jesus' disciples had gone into the village of Sychar to get food. When they returned with the food, they offered some to Jesus, but he refused to eat. Instead, he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. This set the stage for a great teaching about developing a spiritual diet. We associate diet with food, but to understand diet, we must deal with kinds of food, amounts of food, preparation of food, and frequency of eating. So let's briefly consider each. First, let's consider kinds of food. Jesus said to his disciples, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. It was different from what they had brought. While they had gone to get food, Jesus was satisfying his appetite. Jesus controlled his appetite, and he didn't let his appetite control him. Now, important in understanding this is understanding that Jesus' appetite was based on need and not 
desire. Jesus' appetite was not confined to the physical, but involved the spiritual. In his encounter with the woman at the well, Jesus' diet was satisfied by meeting spiritual needs. Salvation, forgiveness, and self-esteem. And this is important for us if we're going to develop our spiritual diets. We must be able to move away from desires to needs. The problem with feeding our desires is that it leads to the consumption of too much junk food. Feeding our desires leads to indulging our feelings instead of cultivating our faith. Feeding our desires leads to indulging our emotions and starving our intellect. Feeding our desires leads to indulging cheap thrills that serve no lasting purpose. Feeding our desires may give us immediate gratification, but it fails to provide any lasting sustenance. And many in the church today are not well because they're trying to thrive on a diet of the wrong kind of spiritual food. Stuff that may make you feel good, but has no staying power. Then, more than the kind of food we consume, a good spiritual diet also involves How much food? How much is regulated by this? Enough, but not too much. Now, this is not the same for everybody. What's enough for one person may be too much for somebody else. It depends on how much you're able to handle. In verse 34, Jesus says, the food that keeps me going is that I do the will of the one who sent me, finishing the work that he started. This word from Jesus states his mission, but it also suggests limitation. Jesus came to do something, but he didn't come to do everything. Shiloh, hear me today. Even if something is good for you, you've got to regulate it. It's dangerous to bite off more than you can chew. James and John were doing a good thing in following Jesus, but they wanted so much of a good thing that they prevailed on Jesus and said, let one of us sit on your right and the other on your left in your kingdom. And essentially what Jesus told them was that they wanted more than they could handle. Some folk get saved. And then they think they can change the world overnight. All of a sudden, the church that they got saved in isn't good enough for them anymore. They've got to go someplace where they can be better fed because they think that their salvation is better than anybody else's salvation. Well, if that's your attitude, I stop by to tell you, you need to regulate your spiritual diet. 
Let me help you with something this morning. God did not call you to be holier than anybody else. God didn't call you to tell everybody that they're wrong and you're the only one who's right. God didn't call you to go around boasting about how much more spiritual you are than other folk. Peter got so full of spiritual food that he told Jesus, I'll die with you. And that's why he cut off a man's ear. But Jesus had not called Peter to fight for him. He called Peter to witness for him. And a lot of us are in the same shape Peter was in. We're, we're eating the right food, but we're eating too much and we're eating too soon. We need to regulate our spiritual diet. The, the writer of Proverbs has told us pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. You need to regulate your spiritual diet. Well, a third thing that we need to see here in the development of our spiritual diet is how our food is prepared. Preparation depends on our spiritual condition. Until we reach a certain spiritual condition, we must keep our food as plain as possible. Paul told the church at Corinth, I fed you with milk because you aren't ready for solid food. And there's a lesson in that for us. We do people harm when we feed them what they want instead of what they need. We do people harm when we feed them entertainment instead of doctrine. We do people harm when we feed them thrills with no understanding. We do people harm when we try to shout folk and not teach folk. Ain't no harm in shouting, but dessert should come after a solid meal. And some of us just want dessert and don't want any food at all. We have to quit feeding folk what they want and give them what they need. I heard the Lord say through Isaiah, in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord. Make crooked places straight. Exalt every valley. Level every mountain and hill. Make rough places plain. Make rocky places flat. And when you do that, the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And all flesh will see it together. In the development of our spiritual diet, how our food is prepared makes a difference. Well, finally, every good diet has to address the frequency of our eating. I don't care how good the food is that you're eating. It's not healthy to starve yourself all day and then think you can make it up with one big meal. Stop by to tell you, you need to eat spiritual food every day. But more than that, you need to eat spiritual food all day long. And to that end, let me share with you what a good spiritual diet 
can do for you. Start every morning with prayer. When you open your eyes, don't wait too long before you say, Lord, I thank you for watching over me last night. Lord, I thank you for letting me see another day. And here's the thing about prayer. You can snack on prayer all day long. Every event, every encounter, every trial, every struggle, no time is a bad time for prayer. And then after you've had some prayer, Make sure you get a helping of God's word. I heard Jesus say, we don't live on bread alone. But on every word that comes from the mouth of God. I heard the hymn writer say, bread of heaven, bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. And then sometime in your day, you need to mix in some exercise with your diet. You, you need to focus in on kindness. You need to focus in on doing some good work. You need to transform that word that you've been eating into activity that will reap a bountiful harvest. Somebody needs a kind word. Somebody needs to be encouraged. Somebody needs to know that they're loved and appreciated and respected. Somebody needs some help along the journey. And if you eat right, and if you eat in sufficient quantities, and if you eat with the right frequency, you'll be ready to act when the time comes. Well, as I close this morning, I'm trying to develop my spiritual diet. I'm trying to eat the right things in the right quantities and at the right times. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'm developing a routine that's helping me to get better every day. But I have to tell you that the best day of my spiritual diet is Sunday. I don't know about you, but I love Sunday. I get up early every day, but I get up real early on Sunday. I get up excited about Sunday. I eat well every day, but I eat real good on Sunday. I walk in here on Sunday listening to the praise team lifting up the name of Jesus. I, I walk in and I hear the choir singing the praises of our God on Sunday. I'm fortified by the fervent prayers of my associate ministers on Sunday. I'm gratified by the fellowship with my brothers and sisters on Sunday. But the best part of my Sunday is when I get to tell somebody about Jesus. Because if there's one thing I've learned, is I don't care who you are, I don't care where you come from, I don't care what you think you've got, I don't care what your background is, somebody needs to hear about Jesus. Born of a virgin. 
baptized by his cousin John, tempted by Satan, and yet he did not sin. Walked the dusty trails of Palestine preaching and teaching liberty to those who were captive, opening blind eyes and unstopping deaf ears, turning water into wine and then walking on water and then telling water to lay down and go to sleep. I love telling folk about Jesus. I love telling them that they snatched him from Gethsemane late on a Thursday night and they marched him up to Calvary early on a Friday morning. I, I love to tell folk that late Friday afternoon he hung his head in the locks of his shoulders and he gave up the ghost, but that ain't the best part. The best part is early, early. Early on a Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hands. He got up, not just on Sunday, but he rose in me one day. He walks with me. He talks with me. He tells me I am his own. That's good food. That's food I can feast on. That's food that can carry me. I thank God for a good spiritual diet. I thank God for Jesus. I thank God for a heart fixer. I thank God for a burden bearer. I thank God for a mind regulator. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Doors of God's church open.